0: Hello, and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number one hundred and twenty three. My name is John. Joining me today, as always, is Ryan.
1: Good morning.
0: Good morning Ryan. So uh, last week we did a thing which was um, record an episode all about Triple Force Friday products um, that we had seen leaked and uh, then um, a couple days later Star Wars was like let's just show everybody a bunch of those products um, which rendered I thought our episode a little bit uh, (laughs) irrelevant almost immediately. Um, and we did our typical Blockade Runner thing where we made it like super, super long, like the longest episode you could possibly imagine um, on the topic of toys that haven't even been revealed yet. Um, mm-hmm. But it was fun. And uh, actually, and, and we'll get into some of those product reveals in a little bit here, but actually the stuff that they showed off was like not that much of the stuff that's actually going to be coming out. So um, turns out like, I don't know, I think our episode that we did last week there's some justification for its existence, you know what I mean?
1: Are Are you just, like, telling yourself this to <laughs> make yourself feel better? Or, like, it kind of sounds that way, does it? It does, it does kind
0: of come off that way, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that is what I'm doing, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know what, That's uh, that, that was last week, and now so we're here this week, and um, we're just gonna talk about a bunch of new stuff, and hopefully it will stay relevant for more than, like, a couple days, but... Actually, it probably won't because it's news, so I don't know. But there is a lot of exciting stuff going on um, as far as Star Wars goes and and a lot of fun stuff that has come out um, in the last week or so. So. Okay, well, let's talk about the, the biggest story, Ryan, the most important story, I feel like, from, from this week uh, and the thing that's kind of uh, a big deal, which is that um, we have uh, they have announced the creative team behind uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. Uh, and so there's a story on StarWars.com and a press release and all that, um, which we will link to. But uh, Deborah Chow has been uh, announced as the... Um, the director of the Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi series, um, and it's pretty interesting on a number of levels. I think uh, number one, the Mandalorian, you know, there's like how many directors announced? Four or five different directors announced, and I think the first season's only eight or ten episodes, so it's not like, oh well, because there's 25 episodes in the Mandalorian, we had to have a bunch of different directors. Um, so, you know, it's it's interesting that for the Mandalorian, they were like, let's. You know we'll have different directors but for this obi-wan show we're gonna have it sounds like one person directing the show
1: yeah yep
0: um the uh the statement from kathleen kennedy here is we really wanted to select a, a director who is able to explore both the quiet determination and rich mystique Of Obi-Wan in a way that folds seamlessly into the Star Wars saga. Uh, Based on her phenomenal work developing our characters in The Mandalorian, I'm absolutely confident Deborah is the right director to tell this story. So um, yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, she's done great work on on The Mandalorian, which um, is is great to hear, of course. Um, But also, yeah, they wanted someone who could explore the quiet determination and rich mystique of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like to hear that, Ryan, because I don't want to hear like, um, oh, yeah, we wanted somebody who could film the badass action sequences Mm -hmm. for our Obi-Wan Kenobi show or somebody who could really make his fight with Darth Maul pop in the (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi show. You know, Um, it sounds like it is uh, going in the direction that I think a lot of fans, including us, um, feel like it should go in, which is to Mm -hmm. be more character driven, more of a drama um, and, and less of a typical Star Wars adventure.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And at first I was like, um, I didn't know who she was. And so I, I like looked, um, I just did like a quick look on IMDb and I was like, oh, she, uh, wrote and directed this like poorly reviewed Zach Braff movie from a few years ago. And I was uh-huh. like, that, that's a, that's a weird choice um but then like i saw like her tv work which is insane um the stuff that she's done like um and then i don't like watch any of these shows um but like apparently she did some of like the best episodes of better call saul which is a uh capital letter good show apparently Uh, It is.
0: Um, I I have not watched all of it, but I've watched the first couple seasons. And uh, I think it's really good. I loved Breaking Bad. um, And uh, I think Better Call Saul is just as good, which could not be more shocking. um, Because as much as I love Breaking Bad, when I heard they were doing uh, a show all about Saul, I was like, wait, what? We need that? Like, come on mm-hmm. um and it's actually fantastic so and it is very character driven i mean that is a very character driven show mm-hmm. and breaking bad was too but breaking bad was also about like oh you never saw that coming and like oh my god he just put on a you know hazmat suit and slit some dude's throat and stuff you know and it's like th- there's that kind of stuff in in better call saul like a little bit but it's much more character driven and focused and uh it's really mm-hmm. great
1: cool cool well i like mr show so i'm a big <laughs> Bob Odenkirk fan, but I don't think this is anything like that.
0: Have you not watched Breaking Bad? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I would tell you to, but I know that you uh, categorically ignore any recommendations I make yeah, for stuff that you should watch. don't so.
1: really like TV. So, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, this is going to be a weird few years as a Star Wars fan, but. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I watched all of Game of Thrones and then it was like, well, that's. Hundred hours of my life I'll never get back. Uh, <laughs> great. Well, while you were I'm watching just... it, you were pretty stoked on it. I, I can I tell was, you that. Yeah, you know, that, it's, yeah. Good. it's good. Too um, bad the end. Well,
0: everything's
2: good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then like, yeah, she's done um, a bunch of TV show. Or Mister Robot is another show that people say is good. Um, I'm sure it is. Um, mm-hmm. She did some episodes of that.
0: Yeah, but you know what's interesting about this, as I'm looking at her IMDb right now too, um, yeah, she's done a lot of um, high-caliber shows, um, but most of this is like one episode, you know, Um, and which I, you know, I don't think that's a problem or anything, but it's like, hey, we're announcing her to be the director of the Obi-Wan show. So, you know, she seems like she's obviously taking the creative lead on that show where, um, you know, she did an episode of Better Call Saul. Well, there's a lot of episodes of Better Call Saul and they brought her in to do one and I'm sure she did a great job on it, but it's not like she was like sort of dictating what was going to be going on on Better Call Saul or, you know, she did one episode of Jessica Jones or one episode of mm-hmm. The Man in the High Castle. Um, again, the fact that she's doing episodes of all these high profile shows, I think, um, you know, speaks highly of her, A uh, Mr. Robot, you know, but at the same time, like this seems like something different because they're bringing her into kind of the sort of the, you know, one of the co showrunners, I guess you'd say, or maybe you would call her the showrunner. I don't know. Um, but, but somebody who's really going to be dictating things and the direction of things on the Obi-Wan show. So, um, I, I guess what I'm saying is that she will have a lot more ownership over this show than she Mm -hmm. does, you know, those other shows that we're listing for, for her. Yeah. Yep. um, but yeah, it sounds like a great choice and, and it's pretty exciting. And uh, it's one of those things too, where a lot of um, us have been arguing that uh, we'd like to see female directors working in Star Wars. And uh, so it's, it's nice to see that, um, you know, it's not a movie, but at the same time, like when it was announced, we were all sitting around saying like, dude, this is like almost as exciting or more exciting than mm-hmm. the upcoming Star Wars movies that we know about. So yeah, um, yeah, it's not a movie, but um with her being the sole director of the series, it sounds like um it's pretty close, you know, and, yeah. and in some ways maybe, you know, even bigger than than doing a Star Wars movie because um if it's six episodes or eight episodes or whatever, um and and she's the one kind of um directing it and, and making the big choices and stuff, then then she's really gonna um make a big impact uh through that show and um you know as far as star wars characters go they don't come uh much more important than obi-wan kenobi um so yeah all very exciting i do think it 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 kind of suggests because they haven't said anything about how many episodes it would be but i do think it kind of suggests a a shorter run as well like maybe like a five or six episode series and not a 10 or 12 episode series if there's only one director working on it Mm. Um, and I guess the series, this is interesting too, cause it says the series will be written by Hossein Amini. Um, and it's just, um, it's interesting cause I'm, I'm assuming it's already been written, uh, cause that's what they said at D23 or at least the first drafts of all the scripts or whatever. Cause they were like, Oh yeah, the scripts are done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would assume he's already written it, but, uh, um, but that's, that was another question too, you know, is who, who's writing the show and, um, So, you know, that's interesting as well. I looked at Hossein uh, Amini's um, IMDb and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff on there um, that I'm not super familiar with, but uh, I know the show The Alienist was pretty well received and and he wrote for that. Um, He's got a movie coming out this year called Drive, Um, not the, uh, what was, who was in that movie? Uh, Baby Goose, right? Uh, Ryan uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yeah. Not that drive, a different drive. Hmm. but um yeah i guess you know we don't know too much about uh i don't think there's too much to i'm not very familiar with hossein amini's work so i don't know how much i can really add to the conversation about him being a writer but
1: um yeah like i i mean like i said i don't watch a lot of tv um and it's like not my favorite like medium for storytelling no yeah you're Um,
0: better than us yeah
1: I don't even own a TV. No, mm-hmm. I own a TV and I watch like anime and play video games on it. Like I'm an but... And you also and you own
0: a car and you have a shoot your television stick around the back of your car. So
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, no, I just like I don't I don't have time um, for TV and um, and I don't have the attention span most of the time either. Um, but yeah, like I think it's really cool though that they are bringing in people from like who worked on um i don't know like more grounded shows and not just like genre fiction um that um that it's not all just like sci-fi and fantasy people that they're bringing in people who have like worked in um you know a lot of different kind of stuff a lot more grounded stuff um, Yeah. cuz i think i think that's important
0: yeah for sure and uh and amini the writer um i read a little bit about him and and i guess uh he is iranian um was born in iran and lived there until he was 11 and then moved to britain um so is mm. i guess british uh iranian um and so you know that's uh interesting life experience i guess and uh mm-hmm. and and someone who um you know uh, is influenced by a couple different cultures or whatever and so you know that sounds like a uh somebody who would be interesting to to bring on to have right the show versus you know just i don't know um well versus anyone else i guess <laughs> yeah i was gonna be like oh well versus some guy who grew up in minnesota and you know his parents sent him to college or whatever but i i don't know that much about uh his background maybe he's uh very wealthy and all those things as well but uh anyway um yep yeah
1: more there's no reason not to have a diversity of perspectives in star wars yeah (laughs) which is a story about space and aliens and stuff.
0: yeah yeah cool all right well uh i'm super excited for uh for this show um Mm -hmm. obviously as we Mm -hmm. as we uh all are but um yeah it's cool to um be getting more kind of information about it routinely kind of getting more information about it here so Mm -hmm. you know the announcement was just last month and now we already know the director and we know the writer and uh and I, i would think maybe um It'll go quiet now until next year when they start shooting it or when they're done shooting it. But um, sounds like it's in very good hands, so uh, that is that is exciting. Let's uh, talk quickly about the empire magazine uh info that has come out this week Mm -hmm. um empire magazine they usually do an, uh, an issue um around the new star wars uh movie release and there's always some really good stuff in there uh i think the magazine comes out next week pretty close to triple force friday maybe like next thursday or something i think
1: but it's Empire is a British magazine, correct? Yes, yes. So we probably like we do get Empire at like Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble. here. Yeah. Um, but we probably won't get it for like a month, probably.
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't With think the so. The delays, eh? I don't know. But I mean, well, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, um, because I don't like routinely pick up you know magazines at all let alone like import magazines Mm -hmm. um but i would imagine you could buy it online you know like immediately when it comes out like a digital version of it um and i don't know that i will do that or not but uh maybe i will um but i uh, i
1: just know because i buy retro gamer magazine which is a uk magazine and it like the people will be like oh i got my new issue and then it will be like a month until I see that issue at Barnes and Noble.
0: But... Gotcha. 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 Well, I bet you could, you could read it online or buy it online. Um, seems seems so.
1: weird for a magazine,
0: weird for a magazine M-
1: Buying digital magazines.
0: Okay. Well, you don't have to do it, but I'm just saying like, it will be accessible. That's yeah. I'm sure as soon as it comes out, hmm. like for instance, our, our friend Kevin bought, I believe the uh, vanity fair, uh, magazine online, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. he didn't. I think he subscribed to Vanity Fair, actually. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. So let's talk about the magazine, though, because yeah. it's coming out next week. It looks mm-hmm. cool. The cover is amazing. Um, I believe the, uh, yeah, the the cover, the primary cover art is from Paul Shipper, um, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic uh, painter and does these amazing um, Star Wars paintings. And, uh, boy, like, I mean, I don't want to i don't i uh. it's a magazine cover and to me it's so much better than the movie poster that they gave out at d23 <laughs> and it's so much better than like say the force awakens movie poster which is this weird photoshopped thing um versus like here's an incredible painter who's like a drew struzan type uh mm-hmm. painter and, and like a qual- at that quality level and like if, if, if Empire Magazine can get him to do a painting like this for the cover of a magazine, you would think that Star Wars uh-huh. um, movie posters could be a little more impressive than, say, the awful Rogue One poster or <laughs> the um, uh, plagiarized Solo posters or <laughs> whatever, you know, so I don't know. But anyway, I think uh-huh. this cover of this magazine is amazing. It features Ray and Kylo Ren um and we've got the uh the dark side and the light side uh represented um again as um as we usually do.
1: Yeah, with some uh blue and red very clear distinction between those colors, no mm-hmm. crossover. Oh wait, there's a bunch of purple.
0: Yeah. Um sure. Boy, that's significant. Uh <laughs> I don't um I don't really s- yeah okay. Yeah I've se- I've seen I've seen that discussion online there's always that discussion when you have uh light side and dark side stuff and uh I think you could see it in like really any Star Wars art ever. So uh,
1: I don't think so. I think no? this it's like very very clear. And I think like it's not necessarily like um I think it's like showing the dual protagonist um nature of it. Mm -hmm. uh more than like anything um romantic or anything like that um but
0: yeah i just like like to me like oh it's purple like it means like you know it's combining things it's like yeah i guess but like one half of this poster or one half of this magazine cover is blue the other half is red and you know the letters empire kind of go from blue to red so like what are they going to be in the middle you know what i mean it's like purple and you have like a bunch of red like cloudy stuff or like whatever texture on one side and a bunch of blue texture on the other side and so like when that stuff kind of i think it's just when you move from one thing to the other visually like rather than having some i mean how ugly and weird would it look if like there was like a line down the middle and that it was all blue and then all red you know like it just well, doesn't that, make sense visually
1: what i think like most star wars art is no. <laughs> like but, i have you know i have the celebration shirt and that's like red on one side and blue on the other um, well this is the
0: nice thing about having an artist create uh art yeah. instead of uh you know um having somebody photoshop something together like i'm looking at the uh the saga continues revenge of the jedi poster uh on my wall right now and it the one that features like darth vader's helmet um and then you know vader and luke uh fighting on the stairs Mm -hmm. um and uh man there's a lot of red on that poster and some blue uh and some purple and i mean of course you could argue like hey um you know, the the dual nature of, you know, the dark side and the light side in both of those characters is featured in Revenge of the Jedi, and that's true, but I really don't look at that poster and think, like, ooh, man, they were really going for something significant symbolically so much as just, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: those colors work together, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter, but... Uh,
1: it's just d- a dumb space movie for kids. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> no, I'm saying...
0: I'm saying the poster is amazing, regardless. um or I keep calling it a poster because it's like a poster for yeah. a movie um or what I, like a I poster for a movie is should be
1: the most significant we've seen of like the the merging of the the characters in the covers. like I think this is like really a really the subscriber cover at least the one with both of them not like the two heads,
0: yes, um, yeah.
1: Like, I think it's it's pretty significant. Um, and it looks really good.
0: It does look really good. Um, and, I mean, you know, I think there's little to no doubt. I mean, there's no reason to argue or, or no reason to doubt the fact that, like, Kylo Ren will be, and Rey will be, um, like, the primary characters in this movie. That they are the most essential characters. That they are the dual protagonists or whatever. So, um, I'm certainly not uh, suggesting that's not the case. I think Kylo will be just as important um to the story as as Rey. Um and uh yeah, they're they're both prominently featured as they should be. Um mm-hmm. but I also you know, I would also argue that that's been the case since The Force Awakens, like since day 1. It's been all Kylo and Rey as far as mm-hmm. like the front-facing characters because they are the the important characters, you know. So, um I kind of don't really understand it when something like this happens or, or you know, is revealed and then um the, you know, like some of us end up being like, oh my God, they put Kylo and Rey on the cover together. Like it's so, it's, it's so meaningful or whatever. And it's like, yes, because they're the two most meaningful characters in the movie and they always have been, and they've always been putting Kylo and Rey on the covers of everything mm-hmm. because they're the most important characters. So uh, to me, that's not really a revelation as much as it is a, uh, a good choice because these characters matter and, uh, and the story is about them. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it just really kind of solidifies the um you know the dual protagonist um point because i still hear like people saying like oh ray is the star of the sequel trilogy um and i don't really totally agree with that i do think like it is a dual protagonist approach um and i think they are both the stars and it's telling both of their stories and their very very interconnected um and there's a cool quote from here first of all chris terrio he's a, he's around <laughs> he's there's here. a quote
0: from chris, uh, chris terrio
1: yeah um oh. in the empire article he says um it says here um chris terrio opened up about the complex bond between the trilogy's force sensitive duo Some of the most interesting scenes in The Last Jedi are the conversations between Rey and Ren, he says, noting the different side of Ben Solo that Rey is able to tap into. We've tried to pick up that complicated relationship that really has been present ever since the interrogation in Episode 7. When Ren takes off his mask, there's a nakedness about him with Rey that he doesn't express to anyone else. Ryan developed that in fascinating ways, and we've been able to develop it even further.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, have like. where did you find this? Because, like, I, I'm clicking on the link that we have in our show notes, and it doesn't take me to that, so. Um,
1: um, pull up the cover, and then... Um, let's see, the name of the article is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker Will Develop... Kylo Ren and Ray's complicated relationship exclusive image. And this is um, I think maybe this just went up th- Oh, it went up three hours ago.
0: Ah, this is the one where Kevin texted us uh the photo this morning. Yes. Okay. Oh, I yeah. see it at the at the top and the navigation at the top. I see. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's been so um the <laughs> the the product reveals and just starting to reveal more about the movie has been so interesting in terms of the Ray and Kylo Ren dynamic and i guess specifically the Kylo Ren dynamic because um you know you feel like uh, obviously there's more than two sides to everything but there's there's definitely um you know the part of the of the Star Wars fan base that is really excited about you know Kylo Ren being redeemed and Kylo Ren um being I don't know, um, going on a journey that's not just him being the bad guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also the side of the fan base that's sort of anti-redemption and um, wants to see him as the villain, and that's all he is, is the villain. And, um, you know, uh, I guess, like, the way the product reveals and stuff have been happening is, like... (laughs) It's pretty interesting because you'll see stuff that's like, um, first off, everything refers to him as uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of solidifies the fact that at least for a big chunk of the movie, he's Bad Guy Kylo Ren, no doubt, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, which I don't think really impacts anything because he should be bad guy Kylo Ren because he has been bad guy Kylo Ren and, you know, he's going to be leading the first order. And so I think, um, that shouldn't be a surprise or really confounding or anything to anybody. Um, but then other times you'll see stuff like this where, you know, he seems a little more emotionally vulnerable and he seems a little more like the Kylo Ren that we saw in the last Jedi. Um, and, uh, so I guess depending on what you want to see happen and how, how you want to see the movie play out, like um, different parts of the fan base are grabbing onto different little morsels and trying to use them to, to kind of, um, uh, I don't know, uh, sort of back up the, the perspective that they have on, on where things are going to go. Um, I think for me personally, my perspective on Kylo Ren for a long time has been that he is a, uh, deliciously complex and complicated character. And, uh, that's what I want him to be. So I don't want him to be, um, I mean, he's going to have a conclusion in this movie. And I think personally that will be redemption of some sort. Um, Mm -hmm. but I want it to be complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. and it has been complicated so far. And so I think it just makes sense that you're seeing like force rage, Kylo Ren mask. (laughs) And then (laughs) you're also seeing like, Oh, well he's going to take his mask off around Ray and and he's going to be vulnerable because that's (laughs) the complicated sort of complex character that we've come to expect for, uh, or we've come to experience with Kylo Ren and, you know, um, it would be uh, a disservice if we did not see kind of all of those elements of the character still in this movie. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to, re- to reduce him to like, oh well, he's going to make the good choice and be the nice guy now, or to reduce him to, he's just going to be pure evil, and uh, you know, e- either way, I think is a reduction of what is a really complex character. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think like this is the first time. Um like, this, I, I, I mean, obviously, Chris Terrio is going to know what's going on with this, he's co-writing the movie, Mm -hmm. um, but, like, you know, I feel like we've gotten so used to people just, like, feigning ignorance, like, people involved with the film, like, feigning ignorance about, like, you know, the Ray and Kylo relationship or, like, if anything more is going to happen with it or whatnot. Um, So it's really interesting to see him say, like, you know, Ryan developed that in fascinating ways and we've been able to develop it even further. Like, to be like, oh no, like, this stuff is not going away. (laughs) Like, we are not, like, backing away from this and like you were saying, like, making him a one more of, like, a one-dimensional character. Um... Or, like, bringing him back to, like, you know, the. His, his, like, Force Awakens state of, like, you know, mostly just being kind of like an angry dude. Um, but, like, him saying, like, oh no, we're gonna take what Ryan did and we're, we're taking that further. Um, is really exciting to me. Um, because I'll be honest, like, I was you know, when it, like, we're getting all these product reveals, and it's, like, the evil supreme leader, Kylo Ren, like, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess, I guess that's where we're going now, like, it was a, there, it was a, you know, metaphorical and literal door closing at the end of, uh, you know, Last Jedi, like, it's just, you know, gonna be this now, um, but I don't know, this excites me a lot and I think there was something else this week that um it was a quote from someone who's like who's talking about the Rise of Skywalker and like Ben Solo's Battle with the light and stuff. Oh yeah, what I should those from?
0: I should have put those in the show notes, but um yeah, at some event or something uh it was on the day of Force Friday, I think at one of the press events or something because didn't they have the, they had the costumes up somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting what, what was going on with that specifically, but I think it was at one of the press events or whatever. They had these little cards that were uh, summarizing the characters, like character descriptions. Um, and uh, maybe that's what it was from. Maybe. Um, or maybe it was another product too. But yeah, totally. Um, you know, we don't have it in front of us, unfortunately, but it did it did describe Kylo Ren as uh, continuing to, you know, fate, have to battle the pull to the light side or whatever. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, which I mean, like that, I I think that is like one of the most like underrated coolest spins that the sequel trilogy put um, into Star Wars is like, you know, that that's that scene with, um, you know, on the on the bridge with uh, Ben and Han and, you know, him talking about like, I feel the pull to the light, like, I feel the pull, like, you've got to help me. And, like, that's such a, I mean, that's such a cool spin, and I'm glad that, like, that's going to continue to be a major thread, and that it's going to, like, continue to manifest itself in different ways in the way that, like, because the way Kylo's conflict manifested in Force Awakens is very different than the way his conflict manifested in The Last Jedi and his relationship with Rey, and, like, seeing how that all kind of comes to a head in The Rise of Skywalker is just really, really exciting.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, I I think that is one of the most interesting lines in the sequel trilogy, the whole it's tearing me apart, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, feeling pulled in two different directions and all that, but uh, that scene's also really interesting to, like, watch and sort of wonder, like, how... How honest is he being there you know or how manipulative is he being because like i think it's difficult for him to kill his father but at the same time like i think he knew from the word go that that's what he was going to do yeah but he yeah. you know is sort of not telling han that you know what i mean so when he's like oh dad i'm being pulled apart you know like is is he just telling him what he thinks he can tell him to bring him in make him You know, vulnerable, and then kill him, or is he? I mean, I'm sure there's an element of truth to it, obviously. But like, how much is he lying to his father, and how much is he Mm -hmm. being like, you know what? It's the last time I'm ever going to see you because I'm getting ready to murder you. So like, let me just be as (laughs) you know honest with you as I can be. I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made either way. Um, There's also this uh, this great quote from uh, J.J. Abrams uh, that uh, I wanted to share. That is, I think, from the Empire magazine, and uh, Florian on Twitter uh, handle is German Jedi. Um, who I follow. Um, kind of pointed this out and i think it's a great quote it says um, this is from jj i never found myself trying to repair anything if i had done eight i would have done things differently just as ryan would have done things differently if he had done seven but having worked on the television series or having worked on television series uh, i was accustomed to creating stories and characters that then were run by other people if you're willing to walk away from the thing you created and you believe it's in trustworthy hands you have to accept that some of the decisions being made are not going to be the same that you would make and if you come back into it that you have to honor what's been done. Um, and so, just speaking about like, you know, kind of what Ryan did and what JJ did in seven, what Ryan did in eight, and now what JJ will do with Chris Terrio in nine, um, you know, JJ very much is saying, like, look, you know, we're two different people. We made two different movies and we, you know, are two different writers or whatever. Um, but if I'm not going to do eight, I can't complain about what somebody else does in eight. Uh, and, uh, if I'm going to do nine, I can't look at it like, oh, I didn't like eight. So I'm going to change it. Um, and he doesn't suggest anywhere within there that he was in any way like disappointed with or dissatisfied with eight, but he does make it clear that like, that's not exactly the movie I would have made if I was going to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I just pretend he didn't make his movie (laughs) and I just like respond to the eight I would have made, you know, um, which there's still always that talk of like, all oh, JJ's going to come in and really, <laughs> fix know.
1: Star Wars. Yeah. After, and and
0: after well, after or like broke it. Yeah. He's, he's going to Ryan retconned everything JJ did. So now JJ will retcon everything Ryan did just to really show him who's boss, you know? And it's like so obnoxious and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and actually, Ryan, this is as um, as Florian points out here. He says this this Abrams quote from Empire is very relevant, especially in the light of Bob Iger's recent book, um, which mm. we didn't even I didn't even put that yeah. in the show notes, which I mean was a huge story this week as well. Um, which essentially is Bob Iger saying, uh, "Yeah, George was pretty." unhappy with us <laughs> with uh, <laughs> us not using his scripts for the force awakens um and it was an interesting thing because bob Iger basically said like oh yeah well we sat down at a table like you know the producers and jj and george and you know um that's when george found out we weren't going with his his ideas uh and he was mad <laughs> um which it's a pretty fascinating insight into like that's one of the like uh most sort of uh juicy and uh kind of um raw uh stories that we've heard about the making mm-hmm. of the force awakens because so much of that stuff is kind of they canceled the making of book and uh you know they've only kind of put out fluffy uh versions of the story of how that movie was made so mm-hmm. it's it, i'm sure there's a lot of stories like that in the process of making the force awakens yeah but it's really he- interesting to hear um And it's, it's cool that, you know, I guess within his book or whatever, he was kind of willing to, uh, to kind of put, you know, something like that out there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think, (laughs) I think the most telling, um, like, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think it was pretty telling when, um, when asked about The Force Awakens, like when it came out, and George was like, well... They finally made a... They made a movie that the fans will like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. But, God, I mean, I would love to... um, Like, I'd love to see, like, a... I don't know, like, a graphic novel telling of whatever George's script for the sequel trilogy was. Like... In the same way they did, like, the Star Wars. Um, Like, J.W. Winsler worked on that, like, a a few years ago. um, Of his, like, original script. Like, do that for the sequel trilogy. Show us what could have been. But I don't know if that will... If we'll ever get that information in our lifetime. But that information is... Does exist somewhere.
0: yeah 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 for sure and i wonder how detailed it is because i bet it's not like super detailed like his treatment or whatever Mm -hmm. um but uh it would be really interesting to see and and yeah i don't know um i mean i'd love to just read the treatment you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. i think we're decades away from them being comfortable enough to yeah it has to be historic material before they release it you know what i mean and we're a long way from it being historic material at this point (laughs) so uh, yeah. like you said in our lifetimes will it ever come out I don't know but I'm sure someday um it'll be archived and and be available so it'd be you know very interesting to see so um but yeah obviously you know I think it's a it's a much bigger scale you know um as far as this concept goes of like okay well if you're the creator and the storyteller and you relinquish the reins or you relinquish creative control over something you mm-hmm. have to be willing to accept like what happens afterward and you know Mm -hmm. can you imagine being jj abrams and uh and and being the guy who who kind of was tasked to uh to reboot or kind of restart the star wars engine and uh (laughs) to to have that monumental task on your shoulders and then to do it and then have the guy who created it and have the guy who no doubt is a personal hero of yours i mean he's a personal hero of everybody's you know who loves Mm -hmm. star wars and loves movies and whatever um and so to have that person be disappointed in what you did, can you imagine being in the room? Can you imagine being JJ Abrams? Oh, God. Being JJ Abrams. And uh, oh. I don't know if uh, Michael Arndt was involved at that point or Lawrence Kasdan or what, but like being in the room and, and watching George Lucas get super pissed off at you because you're not using his stuff. Like that would be, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> it would have to <laughs> be such... I don't ever
1: want George Lucas disappointed in me.
0: Right, right. It would have to be such a painful thing. Yeah. Um, and then to have the movie come out and know that, you know, George isn't happy with it, that would have to be a pretty painful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I bet George was, uh, you know, the the part of it that we're probably not seeing here is I bet George was relatively gracious, you know, in the long term, uh, just in terms of, you know, I, I think we've certainly seen George and JJ together since then. And, you know, I don't think it's like they're at each other's throats or George, you know, just wants to murder JJ Abrams or something, but, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's an incredible pressure, I think, to be George Lucas, um, in the past and to be JJ or Ryan Johnson or any of these people, Kathleen Kennedy, it's gotta be this incredible pressure. And, but yeah, just, i i guess if you're somebody like that who makes movies or you make arts or whatever you know that you know not everybody's gonna love what you do but to disappoint george lucas i just feel like that would be (laughs) it's got to be a wild feeling yeah um, and really difficult
1: i mean god like how does like how did kathy kennedy feel like this is someone like you know she had been working with forever like you know he was like entrusting the company to her and you know
0: yeah yeah i think they're pretty close though um still but but yeah i mean yeah i guess you're kind of disappointing um him there as well but then you know the bob 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 Iger's the one telling the story and he's kind of instrumental to this story as well and you Mm -hmm. know it's like it's also like disney I'm sure Disney was not going to make, if, if it really was like microscopic, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids in midichlorians, like star Wars or whatever. I'm sure there was no intention on their part of making that movie. So, um, you know, you could say like, Oh JJ, come on, just do George's thing. Cause he wanted you to, or whatever. Or George could look at him and be like, how are you not going to do my movie JJ? Um, but I mean, I think the reality of it is like, really? Like they just bought this for $4 billion and they're going to make like whatever George wants them to, you know what I mean? It didn't make any sense. Which was not
1: like, I mean, that wasn't part of the contract.
0: Yeah. And and Bob Iger talks about uh, in in that excerpt about the fact that, you know, um, that was a sticking point in doing the deal, but that he tried to be as clear as he could to George all the way along. Like, we're not going to sign a deal where you get to control what we do with this thing we buy from you. (laughs) Like, that's not going to be how that works. Yeah, And I think, you know, obviously George must have realized uh, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense from their perspective, but um, it is <laughs> something he wanted. <laughs> I think he wanted like veto rights or at least, you know? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so it's just uh, like with JJ's quote here about Ryan, uh, I'm sure, and, and this is, you know, obviously the point that Florian is making here, but I'm sure that that is, um, you know, that's in the back of his mind when he's like, hey, I can't just come in and tell Ryan, I didn't like your movie and I'm going to do it how I want to. You know, I'm sure he's thinking like, George, you gave up control of Star Wars, and you tried to tell me to do it your way, but you don't really get to do that once you've given up control, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, w- let's talk real quick about this image of Kylo Ren uh-huh. uh, from the Empire magazine, and then uh-huh. uh, it's pretty cool. There is this this shot of Kylo Ren on a star destroyer um, hangar. It looks like, and uh, he is his cape is blowing in the wind, and uh, he's like looks like he's being pushed back um sort of but like in the background there's all these stormtroopers being like they're like flying backwards like they're all tumbling all over the place and he's kind of like holding his ground but he's Mm -hmm. you know obviously being pushed back as well um he's holding his red uh his his pieced together uh helmet there um but there seems to be this like blue light in in front of him and them um And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, it's in a Star Destroyer hangar and there's blue lights like in the background everywhere anyway. And so, um, you know, is it like the, uh, I don't know what you call that where the ships come in and out where there's like a force field or whatever. So that, you Mm -hmm. know, is it just like the light from that and the lights in front of him? Or is there some sort of like, I mean, what is pushing them back like that? It could be an explosion. (laughs) It could be like, you know, uh, a lot of things or it could be something mystical. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, it's wild,
1: because there's, like, 20 troopers just getting thrown about, and, like, Kylo is just, like, hoofing it through it all.
0: Yeah, I don't know, is he running, or is he just kind of, like, sort of standing in that position and being pushed backwards? I mean, it could be either. Like,
1: Um, yeah, or is he, like, just, like, that slow walk, like, when, you know, you're getting pushed back from something? Um but it's like that
0: um it's like that uh that that scene in the force awakens when he gets um hit by the by the blaster uh the bowcaster Mm. and like we've seen stormtroopers go flying like from that bowcaster all through the force awakens and then he gets hit hit with it and just takes it you know oh Um, totally
1: that's like such great like subtle storytelling
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but here i mean it's like these stormtroopers can't (laughs) they can't uh, push back at all but he's (laughs) he's kind of able to do it so i mean Um, or
1: is it like a ship taking off
0: yeah i mean it could be that it could be that it could be something like that but i don't know i don't it'd have to be one hell of a ship for all those stormtroopers to be pushed back like that you know yeah um it could be but to me like seeing all those stormtroopers like just ragdolled across Mm -hmm. the Star Destroyer, hangar it makes me think like it's something like powerful like in a like I, I i guess those stormtroopers to me it seems like they're being used to sell the power yeah. of whatever this is and you you wouldn't necessarily need to do that if it was like oh it's just a it's just ship leaving you know it's like okay maybe you have a couple stormtroopers get pushed back just to show like wow when that ship takes off it's really powerful or whatever but this this seems like something that they're, they're making a point with this you know what i mean yeah uh, and i don't know what the argument would really be to like make such a big point out of just like a ship taking off Yeah. You know what I think of, Ryan, when I see this is... um, And this is a big stretch and very unlikely to be involved in this, I guess. But I think of uh, the Emperor falling down that shaft in um, Return of the Jedi and, like, Mm -hmm. the blue, like, wind Mm -hmm. and light Mm -hmm. explosion or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Because, like, you know, you see everybody's... Well, I don't know if you see everybody's hair, but, like, doesn't Luke's hair... Like, like, you see, like, that wind, like, that powerful wind, like, shoot up from from there. Um and that would push that would push some stormtroopers back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, also, it's a really cool like
1: why? <laughs> like um
0: Well what I'm saying he's like he's like materializing there on that yeah. on that hangar and like you know, Terminator style, like with the lightning <laughs> bolts and the nakedness and all that. Um <laughs> maybe that blue oh, wind goes with him, I don't know. I have no idea what it is. Um, It's it's such a cool shot, though. Uh, Uh And I love this time of year, man. I love this this season when, you know, magazine, you get little quotes from magazines and and photos like this. And uh, it's just fun. Really fun.
1: It is. It
0: is. And it it really feels like we're, we're, you know, just seeing that image, too. It's like we're getting a new trailer soon, you know, like for sure. We know we are anyways, but, like, man, they're starting to put out stuff and they're starting to... reveal things and um we're out of the uh we're out of that uh that summer desert of information like you know we're getting we're getting fed a little bit so pretty exciting
1: yeah um one more thing before we close out babu frick
0: oh babu frick that's that little dude
1: that's the little dude
0: (laughs) and what the frick is Babu frick like
1: i don't know like some people were saying he looks kind of like Maz Kanata.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: um, which I can kind of see um, a little bit, but I have no idea. He's you think very, George Lucas created Bobo Frick? What you the think f-
0: they're? Do you think George Lucas created Bobo Frick? Like, are they th- are they throwing uh, George a bone here finally? And they're like, okay, George, we're gonna get, we're gonna take your weird thing from your script to treatment. <laughs> you can have Bobo Frick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I he doesn't so. have a face. He's six inches tall. <laughs> uh, um, he's called Bobo Frick. Uh, <laughs> we don't really know. We, we got no idea, George, but we'll stick him in there for you if you want. Um, yeah. I don't know. About that. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay.
1: Did you watch the Triple Force Friday Global Reveal? I did
0: actually watch that, yeah, um, and I did.
1: W- what did you think?
0: Uh, well, okay, Ryan, well, we're kind of going out of order here, although I uh-huh. sort of started us down this path, I suppose, so um, I thought it was um, interesting. Uh, it was kind of fun. Um, I actually, I worked that night, and so I got home late, and then um, when I got home, I watched it with my kids, and... Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, they thought it was kind of fun, I think, you know. Um, It was, uh, you know what, here's what I think. It was the opposite of what we did, which was laboriously talk about every single product (laughs) that we knew about. And they were like, Mm -hmm. "Um, let's uh, not even talk about these things at all, but like just show them to the camera for like a second or two. And uh, give almost no details about anything related to them, like price or where you can get them or (laughs) anything like that. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was a very brief um, thing. It was, it was, it was light. It was fluffy. And there were some nice, um, Warwick Davis stories, uh, peppered in there as well. Yeah, it was a weird thing. I don't know that it totally worked, uh, at all. (laughs) what did you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I think I described it on Twitter as like a fun, but weird product of late stage capitalism. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. That that was okay, a very good tweet,
0: and now I see this whole thing was just uh setting you up so that you could uh verbalize that tweet on the show as well. No, but it's a good one no, so I,
1: think... I, I, I wanna like talk about that a little bit more because um it was like a few different things at once, like it was daytime talk show quality um talks with cast members so it was like what's it like being in star wars uh questions to a lot of like uh we got to see a lot of new cast members um here like new to star wars like people um not that this was their first interview about star wars but like it, you know we they brought out Naomi Ackie and um the Mandalorian stars and um, Felicity and, you know, all of this, um, which was cool, um, that it wasn't just kind of the, um, you know, typical ambassadors, which were there as well. Um, we definitely had Warwick Davis, uh, Jonas and, um, Anthony Daniels, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, you know, doing, doing their work. Um, but, yeah, it felt like kind of really light um you know conversations with the actors um and then kind of framed around showing them toys of themselves um which you know if it had had leaked you know if they had- if they had wanted to see these toys beforehand, maybe they had um
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, they might see that stuff in a variety of ways, like, you know, mm-hmm. specifically from Lucasfilm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know that Oscar Isaac is, like, um, uh, hanging out on Yak Refreshing Face. Refreshing Yak Face.
1: But, I mean, who knows? Like, they may have friends, family members, who are like, you know, hey, here's a picture of you. Right. Um, but um yeah so that was uh fun it was it was always interesting to like really read into their reactions um because there was definitely one point where oscar isaac was handed a figure and he was like "Ah,
0: yeah yeah and that was weird too because uh that that was actually there was a yeah that was something that was pretty weird about the whole thing is like they'd never really talked about what the toys were very much. I mean, I guess they said the phrase black series a handful of times, mm-hmm. but it was like not until the end of that segment that you realized that Oscar Isaac was like the little statuette, like, like, um, these ones, uh, from the Disney store, these little, just, I don't know, what are they like? Three inch tall statuettes. Yeah. Um, and those are not Hasbro figures and they don't like really even shoot for the likeness in the way that a Hasbro figure does but like I, because
1: you get like eight of them for like 15 bucks
0: yeah yeah and they're awesome i love them um and i'm super excited that there's two sets now for um the rise of skywalker there's like a hero set and a villain set which usually it's just Mm -hmm. one set right so that's cool yeah um but uh no, but it was just like one of those things where it's like we uh ho- hold on a second. I just spent 2 hours laboriously talking about the detailed like <laughs> responses to these figures and I know his face looks good on the black series figure like we talked all about it. It looks really good. Yeah. Like what is this mess that you're holding up to the camera? But like not having <laughs> the context like, just like you know what I mean? Cuz I yeah. don't think it's a mess. I think that little f- uh f- statuette looks great, you know, for what it is, but like just to be like i don't know it's like pull some stuff out of a shelf and like hold it up to the camera real quick and like you know i, I don't know yeah. it's just but it 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 is interesting like in in respect to the conversation we were having last week about like well why do they do these launches the way they do and like who are they targeting these reveals to and stuff like that and um i don't know how much sense it makes necessarily but like you kind of said it there Brian that it seemed to be pretty targeted towards general audiences and it's just like these fluffy little good morning America style interviews and stuff. I mean, it in in some sense, like Warwick Davis trotting out that little letter he wrote to George Lucas, which is a cute story and I love it and I'm not tired of seeing it, mm-hmm. but I've seen it many times, you know, like at celebration and stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I mean, maybe that's more, a little more for the hardcore fan, but you know, for the most part, it seems very general audiences and, and, and that's fine, but it's just like a weird thing because mm-hmm you know, we were talking about like, well, hey, everybody who's like super into this knows about these figures already. So like, what are they doing with this, with this reveal? It's also interesting Mm because in years past, they've did like 24 or 48 hours of like toy reveals on a YouTube live stream. And then this time they were Mm -hmm. like, let's do 45 minutes, but only like 10 minutes of that will actually be toy reveals. And then the other 35 will be like, you know, the most general basic interview you could possibly imagine with Star Wars um, stars. And then like some Warwick Davis you know, stuff interspersed, and we'll throw in a video game trailer, you know, (laughs) so it was a weird, Mm -hmm. it was a weird mix.
1: It was, and um, I know that, at least anecdotally, um, none of my uh, casual Star Wars fans, like on Twitter, or in real life, or, I mean, not that Twitter, people aren't real, but Um, like, literally no one watched this besides, like, the two of us.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: (laughs) Like, I don't, yeah, so if it was for, like, a general audience to get them excited, uh, I don't, even, like, people who will be, like, there at Rise of Skywalker opening night, who will be watching Mandalorian, who will be playing the game, like, zero people were talking about this event. Yeah. Yeah. Like, except for, like, hardcore Star Wars Twitter and us. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Now, I mean, some of the footage and stuff that they did was, like, on Good Morning America as well, right? So um, there's a little bit of an argument you can make. Like, well, it probably reached a lot of people, like, in little, just little chunks of it probably reached a lot of people that way. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, as of now, it's it has 225,000 streams on YouTube as of now, so... Um, you know, that's like definitely more than like an episode of the Star Wars show or something like that would have within that amount of time. So um, mm. it got a little bit of buzz, but it's not you know a couple million views or anything either. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what their what their expectations for something like that would have been. You know how how much uh, they really I you know thought it would be viewed. It's not like they made some big deal out of it for weeks ahead of time or anything. They just kind of announced yeah. it two days before and. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but it is an interesting thing. I mean, they did this whole event at uh, Pinewood, and you know, when I heard it was at Pinewood, I kind of got excited, like, ooh, Pinewood, what are they going to do at Pinewood? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. why why have it at the studio? Turns out, no reason at all, because, I mean, there was nothing... (laughs) I guess it's just a good home base for them, and they were, I think, doing a lot of press those couple days, it sounded like, Mm -hmm. in London and other places, too, I think. Um, So, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, uh, it was fun, but uh, I think... Um, you know, for me having seen all the leaks, uh, it was sort of unnecessary for that reason. And then it didn't even go very detailed or like show off. Like it, 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 that was another thing was, uh, they focused it around the actors, you know? So it was like, oh, well, Pedro Pascal and uh, Gina Carano are here. So, um, let's pull out their, mandalorian figures and i guess there's probably not too many other mandalorian figures yet so maybe that's not a great example but <laughs> um they weren't showing all of the figures from a line is my point they were just showing like oh well, we've yeah. got Carrie russell and oscar isaac so you can see those two figures but if you want to see a knight of wren ttyl you know it's not happening right now so that was yeah. a little weird too so i think i could have gone for something that was a little more focused on the toys themselves instead of just a big hoopla or whatever but
1: yeah, like, the only um, push I have on that is if they would have had uh, Werner Herzog in there and given him a toy of himself and just, like, left the camera on him for, like, an hour.
0: The, the existential just, like, uh, sort of um, <laughs> analysis that would have come out of that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been
1: good. Yeah. Um, I will say a couple highlights uh-huh. of it where um, I loved... Um, Anytime an actor would be like thoughtful about the toys, um, and we're like, wow, like toys are really nice right now, and like the people who sculpt these and paint them are artists. That was cool. Was it Anthony Daniels
0: who said that, or
1: um, I think. It might have been Billy D. That's who it was. It was and, Billy D. He
0: was awesome. Yeah. He was just like, he took it, yeah. he got all serious and he was like, and, and it almost seemed like, sorry to cut you off there, but it almost seemed like, um, like the, the way it was edited and put together, it seemed like the kind of thing that they would have cut because everything was like so snappy and moving quickly and stuff, but like it almost kind of like messed up the rhythm of the piece, you know? Yeah. Uh, not to quote John Williams, who talks about the rhythms of the piece a lot, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but they kept it in there anyways because it was so awesome and you yeah, called them unsung yeah, heroes totally. which is really yeah,
1: cool. yeah 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 that made me super happy and like um Gina Carano as well was when she was like wow like there's so much there's like this entire world of you know life that I'm being introduced to through Star Wars and um and then she was like, "Do you do you have to paint these yourself?" Yeah. And like, and that was like, that was awesome. Like, that was a really smart, thoughtful question. And like, yeah, I like, I like that a lot. And I thought her and Pedro Pascal were just like super charming, yeah, and wonderful,
0: yeah. Um, and I don't think I we mean, knew that her character has a uh, starbird, a rebel starbird tattoo on her cheek yeah. until that yeah. stream which is cool so
1: yeah um yeah and uh Pedro Pascal was like just hamming it up yeah. like so much like that dude uh is great um hey real quick highlight- on the topic of Pedro Pascal oh, yeah. I
0: just have to say that uh, yeah. when I was watching that interview and I've thought this before too but um Pedro Pascal reminds me a lot of uh style wise of uh Van Nuys Chris you know our our friend Chris yeah uh, mm. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. that, that like sort of pastel or not pastel, but, uh, I don't know what, what print you would call that, that, that on that shirt he was wearing, like Chris would totally uh-huh. rock one of those shirts and, and rock yeah. it really well too. So
1: yeah. Like have the first two buttons on yes. kind yes. of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So both cool dudes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, the other highlight for me was the, um, robotic Dio, the app controlled Dio, Um, which was really cool, kind of in the absence of a, uh, Sphero, um, toy, but the one that Hasbro came up with seemed really good. Um, and I really liked the video of them, uh, bringing the, um, the middle school kids into Hasbro to like, you know, see how, see how it was made and stuff. I thought that was like really cool. And, um that was
0: really cool and apparently that's like a new series they're starting up on the star wars kids channel um which is good they tried to do that science of star wars series a few years ago on the main channel um with anthony carboni hosting Mm -hmm. and they did i mean they they didn't try to do it they did it um like maybe six episodes or eight episodes or something and that was pretty cool but um yeah the star wars kid channel star wars kids channel continues to be awesome and uh uh I'm, I'm always uh kind of arguing that people should go check that out whether they are kids or have kids or not because uh there's a lot of cool stuff on there. So um mm-hmm. that was great. I, I that deal is awesome. It's hundred and fifty bucks, which is probably pretty reasonable for what it is, you know, mm-hmm. um as far as being like a cool gadget. Um not too out of line with the Sphero pricing, but it's definitely like bigger than the Sphero stuff was, right? So Yeah. I mean that's cool. Yeah, seem um but uh you know I don't have a huge attachment to Dio yet uh which hopefully I will after I watch the movie but um there is mm-hmm. part of me that's like oh if this was like a BB-8 even though there's been like five BB-8s that kind of do the same yeah. thing but <laughs> if it was a BB-8 and it was like a good value and stuff like man I'd be more excited than for a Dio but hopefully that'll change when the movie comes yeah. out
1: see I'm more, I'm more excited for a Dio like that's new like that's cool I have I have multiple BB-8s, including the Sphero. I get that. I'm good. uh, Yeah, I
0: know. I get that. But there was something about BB-8 when I saw him, I was immediately like, I'm in love with this little droid. Like, I love him. Yeah. And uh, Dio, I'm like, oh, that's a cool design, you know, or that's like, that's novel. But I'm not, Mm. you know, the way like you just saw BB-8 do his little head tilt in the trailer for The Force Awakens, you're like, oh my God, this droid is everything. Like, I love him so much, you know, I don't feel that way about Dio yet or maybe I won't ever but I'm just saying like actually seeing him in a movie Mm -hmm. I think I'll have I'll be I would be more excited to have a toy of him when I know a little something about him or I've seen him on screen so
1: cool cool Mm -hmm. um are are, since we're talking about this should we just go into the article and talk about a few of the yes 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 yeah since we're already there um so as an as an apple watch owner how do you feel about like these bootleg Apple Watches <laughs> that are all over the place? Here? Well, uh, so
0: you're talking about the Citizen watches that were announced.
1: No, 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 further down, oh. further down. Okay, um, well, cuz
0: I think the, the Citizen watches are cool, but I'm never going to wear a watch like that again, so whatever, but uh yeah, like the Death no, Star one's pretty nice. nice looking.
1: But there's like the
0: Yeah, the the are the
1: bootleg Fitbit and the the Garmin. The smartwatches. The Garmin watches, The right. Legacy Saga series.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Vivo Fit. Um, is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some other ones that have, like, an app, but they're not Apple watches. Yeah, right, right,
0: right. Um, Yeah, no, I feel, like, fine about them, I guess, but uh, I would not be interested myself. Um, Although, there's not much information about these, uh, unfortunately. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the Legacy Saga series smartwatches, are they from Garmin? Um, because, uh, people I know who are runners, um, kind of swear by the Garmin thing. Like they think that their, mm. their watches or their smart watches are like, you know, really good or whatever. But I, I don't know if that's what this is or if this is like a cheaper Garmin It's probably like a cheaper Garmin watch. Right. So I don't know. Um, they're cool. I mean, you can put an Apple, you can put a any Star Wars face you want on an Apple watch. So, uh, it's kind of like not really necessary, I think, but the kid one is pretty cool, you know? Um, the, the kid one the the vivo fit junior or whatever um mm-hmm. Owen's classroom got those a couple years ago not that brand but something similar and like they were all it was the the one that was like tied up with unICEF or whatever where kids through their oh, okay. through their activity could it would you know fund uh food packs or something for I don't know UNICEF, um, and that was cool, and uh, he he really liked having it, and like you know he would compare his steps to ours, and you know it was just kind of fun or whatever. So, um, yeah. I think those are cool. Like I like the look of the band, and uh, there's like a some kind of activity app, um, that goes along with it. It looks like, which looks mm-hmm. like a kind of a fun little game or whatever. So, uh, I actually think those are pretty cool. The uh, the grown up ones, I mean, if it's like a hundred bucks for that. Mm -hmm. you know legacy saga series smartwatch or something and it's like well for somebody who is not going to spend the 300 dollars on an apple watch but you know can still get a lot of the um you know functionality in there plus it's got like a star wars vibe to it you know that's cool Mm -hmm. so you're not an apple watch owner what do you think about these
1: oh i don't care i don't want to wear anything on my wrist ever okay Okay. um (laughs) i don't even like wearing wristbands that like shows um so, I don't like having things on my wrist. Oh, okay. Um, but uh yeah, I feel like these watches could go either way. They could either be like $300 cheaper than an Apple Watch or $300 more expensive than an Apple Watch cuz you never know with like the <laughs> mid to high end Star Wars. <laughs> and this was
0: another problem with the stream is that there was no discussion of prices which i mean a lot of it was action figures so that's fine but uh carboni had a pretty pretty good little joke there when uh i think it was anthony daniels wanted to know how much the millennium falcon was and he would he had already said the lego millennium falcon and carboni had already been like wrapping up the uh, segment and then Anthony Daniels, you know, asked like how much is that? And he was like, And we're wrapping up the segment, you know, like <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh no, we're not talking the price on this thing because you know it's expensive. Yeah. But um yeah, a Google search might solve this problem for us as far as how much this watch is, but uh a lot of these products they only sort of announced, you know, like they like yeah. even this article that we're looking at from Star dot com that we'll link to
1: Zero price. It
0: doesn't have prices in it. It also doesn't like really show everything in a given line necessarily you know it's just like a taste of it again they're probably better at editing than we are so instead of like being like well we're gonna do a two and a half hour long show if we have to but we're talking about every damn toy you know they're sort of like well Mm -hmm. we'll just put in the ones that maybe are most important but yeah all right so that's the watches what else is uh in this little article that's of note the hideous xbox controller
1: uh huh. Yep, that is a cursed object. It is a cursed gamer <laughs> thing. <laughs> Elliot is six, it's... and he
0: wants it, so he thought it was really cool. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did the
0: uh, did the Xbox One like the special edition Xbox Ones or whatever move the needle for you at all, or they didn't? You didn't really see what they look like, right? I mean, that's the other thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't really care about special edition consoles. Yeah, agreed. I love handhelds and i own like a million nintendo handhelds Uh and um i love those but like on like consoles are not very exciting in 2019 they're just like you know black boxes that sit in your entertainment center um so no i don't yeah gotcha I don't know. And like the there's a 2 terabyte external hard drive that's like branded yeah. for Jedi Fallen Order, but it it looks kind
2: of trashy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it looks pretty ugly. TBH. It definitely has yeah. the um, gamer fuel Dorito kind of look to uh-huh. it. So, that's not that great, yeah.
1: Yeah. This feels like I don't know, like a lot of this stuff like that that Xbox controller feels like if you were, like, browsing Star Wars Xbox on Amazon, then all of a sudden there's, like, these, like, off-brand stickers that you can, like, order from Hong Kong that, like, wrap around your controller. Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like that. It also kind of feels like um, if you
0: found, like, a, you know, 16-year-old kid who's, like, real into video game culture and we're like, hey, design a Star Wars controller. You know what I mean? Like, make it, like, you know, mm-hmm. do a themed controller and... It, I I bet for a certain audience uh it's exactly what they would want. I guess is what I'm trying to say here. But, you know, my my taste has become more refined as I've uh, become older mm. and um mm. you know, not that refined, but a little more refined than this, you know what I mean? So, uh I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay, um let's see other cool stuff in here. There's uh
1: I mean, it's it's hilarious that I'm like mocking this controller and meanwhile I have, like, right next to me, I have this Switch Pro controller that is black, hot pink, and teal. Yeah. And I think it's, like, the coolest-looking thing uh-huh. ever. So um, I'm not one to uh, judge. I just, I don't like metallic-looking, like, no. graffiti-stenciled, uh, stenciled, like that sort of yeah and
0: well to me this controller looks like they were like oh what if star wars was camouflage you know what i mean wouldn't that be cool and my answer to that is no it would not be cool like i don't need no no thank you so um this there's an x-wing a disney parks x-wing looks cool Mm -hmm. um and that'll probably be on the disney parks app to order at some point um I'm not sure what scale it is though or like how that would fit in with other things but um looks nice and uh definitely it seems it, like does it? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. I I think I feel like this is uh a, a step down for Poe X-wings um like the design um the coloring like I liked his I liked his you know black X-wing. Yeah, cuz this before. is
0: this is yeah. This is definitely the look of the new X-wing. It seems because um, there's yeah. the vintage collection X-wing, which looks, I think, pretty hot. Uh, to quote Jar Jar Binks, so yeah. I'm I'm excited about that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like a push pop. <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: It's like it's definitely it definitely has like a tangerine flavor. Yeah,
0: but now we now we know it. and love. Um, Uh, Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron, so he doesn't have to, like, try to impress us with, like, an all-black X-Wing anymore. You know what I mean? He could be like, hey, I'm a happy character. You know what I mean? I'm fun, so I can have, like, a fun-looking X-Wing. I don't know. I like it. I think that orange, I think, is a pretty Star Wars-y, you know, type color, and it looks fine. We'll see what it's like in the movie, I guess, but...
1: Yeah. um, yeah. You know
0: what I want really, really, really badly? Like, almost maybe my number one... You know, new product that I want uh, go from, you know, this reveal or whatever is the uh-huh. the Disney store uh, statuette set of uh, the mm-hmm. villains, including all of the Knights of Ren and uh, uh-huh. a Sith Trooper and Kylo Ren and uh, all these cool bad guys. Like, it looks so cool. Um, I love those. I've gotten them, I think, from... Yeah, I got one from all the movies. Maybe I didn't get a Rogue One set from the Disney store, but they're awesome. Mm-hmm. They're like 20 bucks and you get what seven eight figures um statuettes Mm -hmm. and they're amazing and there's a pic of them uh, on the site here but yeah i mean that's for i think a lot of people are excited about the knights of ren right so um Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to get all of the knights of ren in any kind of you know action figure uh set Uh yet anyway so this would be a way to have every knight of ren in your home uh as soon as triple force friday
1: Yeah, um, I will definitely be buying this set, um, I'm pretty hit or miss on these sets, um, I, because you can buy them at the Disney store in the mall, so I always, like, look at them, and I usually end up passing on them, because, like, you know, if there's, like, I think the, as we've kind of seen with the, the Oscar Isaac, uh, mishap, um, there's like human faces just don't look very good. Yeah. Um like people's faces don't look great. Um but this set rules cuz it's all mask characters. So um, you're really getting um you know, all the all the faces are covered with masks. So they all look fine. Yeah. <laughs> and um but now like looking at The Knights of Ren here. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but someone like um, compared each like Knight of Ren to like the sport that they're playing. (laughs) And there's like lacrosse, Knight of Ren, rugby, Knight of Ren, hockey, Knight Uh of Ren. And now like I can't unsee any of that when I look at them and I just like see the dude with like the big, I don't know, I guess it's like a big knife, but now I just picture it as like a rugby paddle Mm. and it's very silly. Well, I don't
0: know enough about enough of those sports for that to impact me too much, you know, like it's a funny Mm. joke, but I don't think I'll be thinking about it too often. Um, And I will say in defense of these little statuettes that sometimes have questionable face sculpts or whatever, um... Well, I'm looking at the Resistance heroes from The Last Jedi right now. I've got uh, Rose, Poe, Luke, and Rey um, on my speaker to uh, the right of my monitor here. And I actually think they all look pretty good. Um, Like the Oscar Isaac doesn't really look like Oscar Isaac, but uh, they look like the faces look pretty good. Um, But I just love having them kind of like on my desk, you know what I mean? Around uh, in my office here. So um, I'll probably retire the, uh, the last Jedi ones um, as I've done with the force awakens ones. And uh, it's, it's going to be kind of cool. Actually Uh, I don't have a Disney store here, so I'll have to go into Schaumburg or something, but um, Mm -hmm. it it will be, it it should be fun. Like I'm going to, I have all my uh, solo three and three quarter inch figures here on the desk around my computer. And uh, I've got these last Jedi statuettes up here on the speakers, but I'll probably like kind of put some of that stuff away for a while and, and just start putting like rise of Skywalker stuff around, you know um, where I can. And so it's just kind of fun. Like it's a new cycle, new movie. Like I'm hyped about this new thing and I'll have, you know, these Rise of Skywalker figures kind of out. And I mean, that's, that'll be, you know, that that same principle applies to the other action figures that are coming out too. So it's not like, you know, that's unique to this set. But yeah, I just think it's fun to have. And this is a cheap way to have a lot of figures, you know, like if they're 20 bucks a piece and there's a set with seven or eight or nine from the bad guys and then a set with seven or eight or nine from the good guys, you're talking, you know, 15 figures or something for 40 bucks. So Mm -hmm. should be cool. Um, all right, well, let's keep cruising here. There's some new Funko Pops, and I don't like um, the,
1: that. We we also got to see the Ultimate Pop-Up Galaxy book in action. Yeah. Uh, that was actually a, a really fun segment, too, um, with Naomi Aki and uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, and that book, we knew... I had only seen, like, pictures of it. I hadn't actually seen anyone, like, opening it and stuff. And it's really cool. And it's literally, um, I have this on the TV. It's the only product in this entire video that Lindsay was like, oh, you should get that. (laughs) Nice. And then everything else, she was just, like, dead
0: silent. Oh, bummer. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's it's really beautiful. I have uh, one of them up there. I forget which one it is. It's the prequel one. Uh, I don't know what it's called mm-hmm. but uh, no I'd love to get this Elliot uh, my youngest son he loves them. so or he loves that one so this mm-hmm. would be really cool uh, and there was a good interview with Matthew Reinhardt on uh, well there was a really good interview with him on Jedi journals a couple months back um, if any, is that that's mm-hmm. what that show is called right I listen to it every yeah. month I should know Jedi journals um, but then he he did a quick segment on um, the Star Wars Show a few weeks back too which is really good too so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that book is uh, gonna be great um, let's see there's Funko stuff you know as there mm-hmm. always is there's like there, there sure 22 is two variants of every figure there's a lot of different Funko Pops mm-hmm. have fun with that if you like Funko Pops um mm-hmm. there the Gap has some stuff so that's cool uh they just show one sweatshirt here uh we don't have a Gap anymore nor do we have a Disney store our mall is dying it's so sad um but mm-hmm. so anyway I probably won't be buying any Gap clothing but it is going to happen um some some nice high-res shots of the Black Series figures, which we already talked about. Yeah. They do look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Off-world Jawa. Uh, or somebody I saw refer to him as Vacation Jawa, which I thought was pretty good, too, because, <laughs> you know, he's going Ooh. off-world, so that's fun. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> nice might have been
0: Steel. But, uh, yeah. yeah, this is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, the Black Series figures look great. Uh, I don't think we had not seen the Janna Black Series figure, had we? No. And there's a nice nope. high-res image of that here. Um, mm-hmm. And and that figure looks fantastic. Um, so I'm assuming yeah. she's out for Triple Force Friday if they have her in the article here. But yeah, um,
1: her her bow is really weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand how it works yeah. exactly. Well, it's, um, so I'm curious to see how that shakes out in the movie.
0: I don't know. What do you mean? She like has the arrow in her hand and she's pulling back on it. Yeah. Oh, but there's but, no like. Uh, look
1: at. There's no string um and then also like look at the arrow that's like it's like sticking through this tiny Mm -hmm. hole but like how did it get in that hole like it's too bulbous at the top
0: you put it in from the front
1: that's weird yeah I don't
0: know okay well it's it's gonna (laughs) be cool
1: and then um something that I'm not so into is um her uh ivory game that she has going on here, uh with her pistol that seems to be like the tusk of an animal for the handle um yeah, not super, not super into that,
0: Janna's not vegan
1: uh, I don't think mm. so, um yeah, I mean, and also, like why do you need an ivory tusk on as you're like gun well she's from another planet right. so it's
0: probably not ivory but uh yeah, yeah okay i see what you're saying i share that concern about the welfare of uh the tuskid animals on janice planet but... yeah
1: and, and you know that's fine if she has to like hunt to survive or something um whatever but like also someone thought that was a cool design and it's not
0: yeah no so. uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i would agree um i mean i don't know what the uh The politics or the culture or history is around like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, uh, indigenous people in various parts of the world, you know, using tusks and stuff like there's probably a difference between Mm -hmm. that and the guy from Jimmy John's, you know, going trophy hunting or whatever. So Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, um, whoever was doing the character design and stuff was kind of researching various cultures and, you know, maybe it sort of stems from that more and is more, I don't know, paying homage to that sort of thing uh, more than it is just like, Hey, it's cool to, uh, detusk animals and, you know, whatever, but, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: cool to though It just,
1: if it, it feels a little on the nose for a design. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, I could see,
1: um, I yeah. see what you mean. Um, I mean, and maybe it will have like a functional point, like maybe she'll like pistol whip someone, a stormtrooper with it and like stab them. Um, and that's, like, kind of interesting, I guess. But um I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder what the thinking behind that is. I guess we will find out when we get a visual dictionary slash... No, Art, art of book. Yeah.
0: Book. Yeah, totally. Um, Cool. Yeah, Cara Dune looks amazing also, that Black Series figure. So mm-hmm. everything's looking good. Yeah. Everything's looking good. He's great. Oh, this, uh, yeah. this AT-ST Raider from The Mandalorian, I think, is a cool design and looks pretty fun. Um and that's a vintage collection toy, so I don't I don't know that we talked about. Did we talk about vintage collection Mandalorian figures? Like, did, did we see those leak? Or I don't remember talking about those last week. Um, I remember talking about Black Series Mandalorian figures, but I don't remember talking about vintage yeah. collection. So that might be in a future wave, um, or maybe that stuff just didn't leak. But it, it does. Uh, it's interesting as far as like distribution goes, and like release stuff goes, and and whatnot, like. Um, if some of this product that they're highlighting now is like not part of the first wave or shipment. um, But I guess we'll find out. But I do think that toy looks cool and that's a design that I don't think we had known about. um, And it looks pretty Mm -hmm. good, so. Uh,
1: We had seen the Lego version when that. Uh, Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I usually uh, myself uh, don't really pay too close of attention to the Lego stuff just because it's like, so it's abstract to the point where Um, it doesn't excite me too much as far as, I don't know, I'm just not that into it. And then also like, you know, seeing this, I'm like, oh, now I know exactly what it's kind of going to look like in the show. And then the Lego version is obviously, um, abstracted because of it it being Lego. So it's like, you kind of get an idea of what it'll be, but not really. So, um, but I know that the Lego leaks are a source of a big source of information about things. So, uh, which by the way, oh man, what is the deal with that little dude um <laughs> <laughs> Boolio? Bully- yeah. Bully- what oh? is the deal with Boolio? <laughs> he's so tiny. I don't, know. I don't understand like it was cool, but I that 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 is definitely a uh, wet your appetite type situation, but we're not going to tell you anything about yeah. Boolio. Like we'll totally tell you his name um but uh-huh. that's about it. And also there's the uh the resistance guy with like the tusks right or whatever like the i don't know was an alien with uh i forget that's bulio okay i'm talking about remember there's like that little tiny dude that oh yeah bulio yeah. Was cool but also there was that little tiny guy that came with uh who did he come i forget who he came with but he was so yeah
1: he was like yeah
0: and he barely had a did face he... and it was just like, this tiny little thing and i don't know what to think about that yeah but
1: um okay yeah you're right um did he come with 3po
0: yeah i think so that might be right
1: okay he came with 3po with the bowcaster
0: which i told my kids when we were watching that video like i know that we knew he was gonna have from other leaks and stuff we knew he was gonna have the (laughs) bowcaster um in, in the bandolier but like just seeing it I'm like this makes me feel really weird like why does Chewbacca not have his bandolier and bowcaster you know um and I think that's only about a 10% chance that the reason is Chewbacca's dead but uh it just makes me nervous like dude you know like i can tell you why ray has han solo's blaster and it's because han solo's dead you know what i mean and i can tell you why she has luke skywalker's lightsaber and <laughs> yeah. it, it's cuz he doesn't need it anymore you know what i mean <laughs> so when i see c through po with chewbacca's gear i'm just like uh you know to quote ray don't go this way you know so uh yeah anyway um,
1: um yeah. okay the yep. galaxy
0: of adventures toys
1: okay are, are we are we done with Lego? Are we talking Lego, or are we not too Lego? I don't,
0: I don't no, know anything to about to LEGO. the Lego stuff. No, we're not to Lego, but okay. okay. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep us moving, Ryan. I don't want to do another two yeah, hours yeah, yeah. on toys this week, so you know. Well, someone's got to. <laughs> well, then we're probably the ones that are going to do it. Um, the Galaxy of Adventures figures in these like high res close up images. They look a little better to me than they did before. I don't think they, okay, just relax. I don't think they look amazing. I still don't like the Chewbacca very much, Um, but I think they look better than I thought. I actually think the fin looks really good. I really like the fin. Um, I do. Ray, I don't understand the mouse ears on Ray. Like that's a weird look, you know, but uh, I think they look okay. And I will say this, and I think this is the most important thing. When I was watching the stream with my six-year-old, who is the one that these toys are for, he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, those mm-hmm. look cool," and he was excited about them. And he didn't even get to mm-hmm. see their like actions that they do, you know, which I think would have made it even that much more interesting to him. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm not offended by them. I think they would look cooler if they had the actual visual style of the show, which is more anime-inspired, which we talked about last week. Um, but as a toy line, I think I like the idea, even though you know. I myself don't want to collect them, but I, I really like the idea. And I think they're looking pretty good, um, for what they are. So just throwing that out there. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, Elliot also really wanted this, uh, Kylo Ren mask, um, which, you know, it's just a Kylo Ren mask, but with the red stuff all over it, yeah. but it looks very cool. Yeah. Um, what else? The Sealant. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk about all this. Um, stuff,
1: but... yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a DIY coding kit. Yeah. Um, cool, yeah. uh, good for the youth. Yeah. getting that steam. Yeah, uh, education. Yeah. Good on them. Um, I I like the Kotobukiya statue with uh, BB8 and Dio. It's just really nice looking and really nice detail. I have. Of course, I have no idea what size it is or how much it costs. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I don't know if uh, it's something I will buy or not. But I could, like, I don't know if it was like like a 10 inch little display. Like, and it was like 50 bucks or something. Sure. But who knows? You never know with this stuff.
2: Um, Well, let's talk
0: about the Lego. Yeah. Because the Lego, there's the one product there that I think is really exciting, which is the Pasaana speeder chase set. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess it doesn't really reveal stuff so much that we didn't know about, but it sure looks cool because there's the speeder and then there's the the stormtrooper vehicle there as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And you get a first order tread speeder driver. So that's cool. We know that it's called a tread speeder, which exciting mm-hmm. new vehicle in Star Wars, but then also there's the, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the, the resistance or whatever you want to call it, uh, speeder there, which looks great, but then you get the jet trooper too. So you're a Lego guy, Ryan, is this, uh, is this on a, on a, on a list of uh, items to get for you or?
1: Um, no, because I think, um, the vehicles are a little too abstract mm. in this okay. case. Um where I don't think like I that uh tread speeder's cool. Um, like and it's cool in like the context of the film. Um, but I don't think that would look cool on a yeah, shelf. Yeah,
0: yeah. Gotcha. No that makes sense. <laughs> um
1: so yeah, I tend to go for like the more fully realized um stuff. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is going to be a cool scene. Uh, this package looks cool, but this is not a kit that I'll buy.
0: Cool. Okay. Uh, the Kylo Ren shuttle looks great. Is there already does, one of those, though? It does. Is it like already exist in Lego form?
1: I, I feel like there is. Yeah. Um, and you know, I kind of like, I'm kind of ambivalent to this design. I kind of have been since Force Awakens. Wow. Um, I've, I don't have strong feelings one way or another. Okay. Um, I mean, I like when it shows up on screen and, like, the music kicks in and stuff. Um, But I don't, like, it's not, like, a favorite ship or anything. Like, it's not, like, the way I feel about, like, Ray's Speeder. Yeah. Where I'm, like, I want to own every possible variation of that kind of thing. Okay. Um, But what is interesting in here is we have uh, General Pride uh, spelt like... Kitty pride of the x-men uh-huh uh which i don't know do we know anything about this character
0: yeah that's richard e grant's character okay. i mean we don't know anything about him um, but okay. we've known so like that name
1: does he fly kylo's shuttle
0: um no i don't think so but uh i mean there's a lot of characters in that set that are not i mean
1: well i mean you could see like I mean, how many people fit in Kylo's shuttle? Like, well,
0: quite a few, if you think about... Uh, yeah, the...
1: like stormtroopers and stuff. Well, yeah, but
0: I'm just saying, like, in that scene in The Last Jedi, they're all up in Kylo's shuttle, and there's, like, six or seven people just in the cockpit area yeah. there, so I don't know, and I yeah. don't think that's the whole thing either, so... Um, But, yeah.
1: So, like, yeah, like, General Pride could totally just be hanging out in yeah. there.
0: but I'm just... Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, like,
1: and like the Knights of Ren y- hang out yeah. there.
0: It just seems like uh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you are gonna buy this big ship and we're going to throw in a bunch of minifigs that are related to the character who, you know, is like it's a Kylo Ren set, you know, so we'll throw in some minifigs yeah. that are part yeah, of his yeah, cr- team, fair. you know what I mean? So I don't know if that necessarily means they <clears> would <throat> be seen in the movie on the ship or not, but possibly, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, but I think that one looks cool. Um and then there is the uh the Y Wing, which also looks good. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh Dio, a little Dio mini minifig and a Zori Bliss minifig. Mm-hmm. And a...
1: Yeah, and Zori Bliss is piloting the Y wing
0: Yeah, in the pick, yeah, in the in the box art. That's true. That's a good point.
1: So I wonder if you know, like we do know um that in between Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, there was some, like, gathering of allies. Um, and I wonder if Zori Bliss is one of them who heeded the call.
0: I don't know. I feel like they're probably yeah. going to come across her. And, well, I guess we'll see. I, I feel like they're going to go to her or we'll see them reconnect. We'll see Poe and Zori <laughs> reconnect, I guess, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think that yeah. these toys have made it very clear that Zori Bliss is going to be, like, part of the team. You know what I mean? Part of the Resistance yeah. team. And Because when they, you know, kind of first showed her off, it was like, oh, she's mysterious. And, oh, you know, like, mm-hmm. Carrie uh, Russell was talking about her at D23 and sort of like, oh, well, she's, you know, I can't remember exactly what she said. But basically, like, she can be a little shady or she's kind of questionable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, looking at all these toys and stuff, it seems pretty clear, like, oh, yeah, she's she's definitely going to pitch in and be a part of the team, you know? So.
1: Yeah, and she uh, she has a teal uh, astromech droid.
0: If that's hers, yeah. Do we think that's hers?
1: Um, yeah, oh, I I'm, see what you're saying. It's in
0: the Y-Wing there. It. Yes, right, right, right. Yeah. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: So, um, that's kind of And cool. that First Order Stormtrooper
0: <laughs> has a cape, which is also cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, a little uh, little throwback to director Krennic. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like the set. I I like zori Bliss's design. Oh a lot. yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Okay, a couple other ones. There's a wing. There's a Millennium Falcon. What's the price going to be on this Millennium Falcon? It's one thousand three hundred and fifty-one pieces. I don't know enough about Lego to know like where that puts it but I know that there's been other Lego Millennium Falcons that one, are 5 800 1000 dollars
1: $1,999 is okay. my guess.
0: So this is a smaller one that maybe would be
1: Yeah, I think that's pr- it's probably similar to the one that I don't know if we see it um here no we can't but if you uh, you came even see it because the lights. Oh, I are see. You, ha- you—it's up on your but, shelf. Though. yeah, we have like the mid-tier one. I think it was like one, one fifty or one seventy-nine or something. So this,
0: this you're thinking is more pieces than that one, or it's a similar.
1: I think so because I think that one was like a okay. thousand. I don't know. They make like five of these a okay. year. Okay. I can't keep up with Lego Millennium Falcons, but we do have. Uh, I was going to say
0: only this one comes with a Bouleau minifig. Worth,
1: yeah, with which is worth the price of admission. Yeah. Um, Quick thing on the A-wing, uh, Snap Wexley mm. figure included, mm-hmm. um two hundred and sixty-nine pieces. This will probably be like a twenty or twenty-five dollars set, and I will definitely be buying this one um because it's a great little compact set, and it comes with a Snap Wexley minifig, and I love that guy. Nice.
0: and Lieutenant conix as well. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, hey. Um, there is the ATST Raider, um, mm-hmm. Lego set as well, which comes with the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and, uh, Cara Dune. But then also, um, I'm struggling to read this, but does it say Klaatunian Raider? Is that what it is? I think it says Klaatunian. Okay. Uh, which like, like Klaatu from Return of the Jedi. Is that what that is? I don't know. Um, so anyway, that's interesting, but I guess huh. you know we don't know too much about it, but it um, looks pretty cool. Elliot got really excited about these uh, Hot Wheels. He was like, oh, that looks awesome. I want that. So that was cool. <laughs> you don't really think about people getting too excited about these weird little Hot Wheels too nah. much, but um, he got for his birthday, which was like two weeks ago, he got a, uh, a Millennium Falcon Hot Wheel playset thing that he thinks huh. is fun, so... Yeah, he's excited for those. And then, uh, I don't know, that's about it, I think, from the products. There's Zazzle, which is a, a website you can use to kind of, like, customize products. Um, and uh, there is actually some cool stuff here listed, you know, or shown, like the uh, the wall hanging of the Mandalorian. Um You know, it's cool. I'm kind of into that, you know, Um, especially because there's probably other designs you could get as well. And I kind of like that lunchbox as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. I I actually really like the lunchbox. Um, You know, they've been putting out like some really cool, um, like vintage style, like tins, tin lunchboxes. Mm -hmm. And I see them at Target, I saw them in the uh, Celebration store, and I keep, like, almost buying them, but then I'm like, oh, what would I really do with this? But, you know, now I'm starting to think, like, it would. these would be cool to, like, just store a bunch of, like, Star Wars crap yeah. in, like, figures that you're not, you don't have displayed or whatever, and then, like, just have these sitting out, but then you can also open them and have, like, your figures in them and stuff. So, I'm like warming up to the idea of like buying some of these lunch boxes. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, before we move on to other stories, um let's talk real quick about Hasbro kind of stealth revealing another toy line um in their press release, which so uh and this is from YakFace, but um the uh, three and three quarter inch figures seem to be going away. Um, I mean, besides vintage collection, of course. Um, and so apparently Hasbro is doing a four inch value figure assortment, which is for ages four and up and available in fall of 2019, uh, but is crazy um, priced at 299 two ninety nine per figure, which I can't tell you how much I love the idea of... Um, cheap little action figures for three dollars a piece at that scale um mm-hmm. and and it really makes you wonder because like the figures we have been getting in the three and three quarter inch line um the sculpts are fantastic but and, and so i would imagine that the sculpts on these would not quite be to that level if they're going to be selling them for three bucks a piece but at the same time like mm-hmm. the figures the sculpts are fantastic but other than that they are really basic figures the ones we've been getting i mean there are five poa You know, they don't come with a lot of like, you know, accoutrement or whatever. So it's like, I'm trying to think about how they're going to go from a $7.99 or $8.99 toy line down to this $3 um, per figure toy line and like what the difference in the figures will be. Um, And I don't know, man, I just, it's so intriguing. It's so interesting that they're doing basically a three and three quarter toy line for three bucks a figure. Uh, And they they say that they're going to come with each four inch scale Star Wars figure comes with a fun accessory to add to the excitement of bold space adventures uh including you know vaders and luke's lightsabers and chewbacca's bowcaster and blasters and blah 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 so um man i don't know and then i'm wondering like are you only going to be able to get these at like big lots or something uh, I yeah. mean that's usually when they say the value figures like they have this the um soap bottle like what are they uh 12 inch figures that you can only mm-hmm. find at those kind of places. But like, to me, usually when I see those, like I don't really notice that much of a difference in quality between those and the, cause they have soap bottle figures that they would do at target too. And it's like the difference in quality between the value ones and the, the, hot, the big lots ones. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess my point is I'm excited about this cause they're cheap and, uh, and they don't have to look like a black series figure for me to enjoy them, you know? Um, if it's a cool Star Wars toy, I'm going to think it's a cool Star Wars toy, even if it's not like super high quality, especially at three bucks a pop.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, because like the, the Big Lots figures, which, um, I have some of those and they're also, uh, the Walgreens figures too. Um, those show up at Walgreens, but those are, um, From what I understand, those are made because they're like five and a half inches, I think, or maybe five inch. Um, But they those are made primarily for foreign markets. Um, So they're figures that show up at um, like grocery stores in uh, foreign markets, and um, and they're like kind of cheap, like impulse buys um, across the board, and. I have, um, like, I actually bought some of the, uh, I guess, like, I guess Force Awakens era figures, um, but it also had some, like, OT figures, and, um, there was a, uh, Kanan Jarrus figure as well, um. But I bought those at, we have, like, a big lots right by where I work, so I stopped in and just, like, bought them. I think they were, like, $3.99 or something. Um, They're not great looking. (laughs) Um, Like, they're uh, they're definitely, like, they're a clear step down from, like, the kind of where the three and three quarter inch line was, um, you know, before it was just unceremoniously brought out behind the tool shed um but i mean they're fine they uh they like the the paint job is what really <laughs> kind of gets me on them is like it it feels like i mean it's like a very the finish on it is like just like very like if i drop this i'm going to see like black all over it from like paint just like coming right mm-hmm. off um kind of look to them um so uh yeah those are like they're fine um for kind of like what they are i don't see how it's like even possible to sell a toy for 299 yeah. in like 2019 like at, like I can't picture any like you can't buy any figure in Target for two ninety nine right 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 like there's there's nothing like and I mean you you have kids like you have kids who go to stores with three dollars and like there's literally nothing you can buy
0: pack of um, Pokemon cards yeah is basically it right yeah um, yeah no that's true uh I was just uh, looking at the Twitter thread about it from Yakface and. Um, Yakface is is suggesting on there that yeah, probably they will be like three POA, so just like the head will swivel and the arms will move, you know. But like really, you mm-hmm. know, um, pretty basic. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, three bucks, but you know, I don't know. I guess they sell their their five POA figures at what like seven ninety nine is the kind of retail price, but then a lot of times mm-hmm. they're on sale for five, and then you know when they get clearance out, they end up going for even less than that. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're just thinking like um i I don't know i mean because a lot of that stuff goes for under five bucks at five below or big lots or whatever and that's of a higher quality so maybe they're just thinking like let's just you know start at that low price point and just (laughs) Just do it start at the bottom yeah kind of you know yeah i I don't know it'll be interesting so all right well we should keep moving but uh i do think it's Uh interesting that they have this other line um coming out and i guess it makes sense that it's stealth announced or whatever barely talked about because uh yeah. It's not going to be something they're really marketing, and it's more just like you come across it, like you said, in a grocery store, or China, or uh, you know, Big Lots, or something. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs>
0: right well let's wrap there um i will say uh on the way out the door here that uh the return to vader's castle series is starting again and the first issue comes out this week on wednesday i believe which is october 2nd so it's uh halloween time october is here and uh, i will definitely be um, stopping at my local comic shop to pick up return to Vader's Castle number one. There's a little preview on starwars.com that we'll link to in the show notes. but uh, we both love that series last year from IDW mm-hmm. and uh, I cannot wait to um, to start making my weekly pilgrimage to the comic shop to pick up Vader's Castle uh, again next week.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh, and I will say um, we didn't talk about it at all, but have you played any Jedi outcast on Switch?
0: Yeah, um, I did buy it and I played the first mission um, Uh and I'm going to keep playing it. But um, yeah, it's uh, seems like a nice port of of that game. How much have you played, Ryan?
1: Uh, A few hours. um, Yeah, I'm already to the point where like it's starting to get really hard and like it's um, like I'm I don't know. Like there's some interesting stuff like i just didn't remember about the game how like n- you are pl- like it's a linear game um essentially and you get like locked out of areas when you start like new missions and stuff it's not like a full open world or anything but like there's like zero handholding and like you do have to like figure out some pretty weird stuff like early on where you're like like i finally figured out um, a pla- I was, like, stuck forever trying to find a place that I needed to, where to go next. And then, like, I had to do, like, some, like, really weird, like, platforming that was, like, oh, I didn't even know that was, like, part of a level, like, the level I could access kind of thing. It's, like, it's very much, like, game design of that era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, it's frustrating at times, um, but it's also kind of cool at times, too, because I'm not used to playing games where, like, I get stuck for any amount of time.
0: Yeah, um, I will say that uh, it didn't really click with me, which is not surprising, because I've tried to play it before, and it didn't really click with me ever, and uh, it's not a style of game that I have a lot of experience with or really enjoy that much um and then there's just like a lot of things about it that are very dated and uh from the era um like you said so i think i'm gonna play it with a walkthrough uh because like mm-hmm. i feel like the first mission the first level or whatever should take like 15 minutes to finish and it took me like 45 because like yeah. i'm just like dude every room looks exactly the same and i'm supposed to like figure out like and there's no map so like i i don't know where i am in relation to anything else and like it's pretty tough to know kind of where you're going or where you've been because it's just like all a bunch of like Imperial hallways and they all look the same. And yeah, I don't know. I, I found it pretty obtuse, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just the first level. So I'm like, I don't know. Uh, and then I have links awakening on the switch and I'm just like, every time I'm going to play switch, I'm like, okay, I could play links awakening, which I know is going to be like really fun and rewarding and beautiful. Or I could go play, this jedi outcast game which i know is going to frustrate me so um yeah i've been more often opting to uh to play Links awakening but i am going to play jedi outcast but yeah, yeah well, I think stick gonna...
1: with it like there's some like it's it can be frustrating at times but like it there's some interesting stuff going on
0: yeah i'm gonna yeah I'm, I'm gonna stick with it but i think i'm gonna try to make it as painless as possible by basically like letting a walkthrough do all the uh yeah. figuring out of stuff for me because I just think it's going to frustrate me too much, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right. Well, let's close out the show there, and uh, we will be back uh, next week, of course, with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Um, Until then, if you want to check out um, anything else that we've done or uh, everything else that we've done, it's at uh, blockaderunnerpodcast.com. And um, you can email the show at uh, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Blockade Run. Or Ryan, you are on Twitter at?
1: Braun dwarf B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F.
0: All right. So uh, we will be back next week with, uh, with more Blockade Runner podcast. And uh, we'll have done um, Triple Force Friday by then. So we'll, mm. uh, we'll share our, our Triple Force Friday experiences and pickups and uh probably definitely talk about return to vader's castle and uh maybe there'll be some juicy stuff in that empire magazine and uh who knows what else so um Mm -hmm. looking forward to that so uh yeah thanks very much for uh for watching and or listening and um, we'll be back um, next week with another episode